Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Guilt, Grace, Gratitude podcast of one of your co-hosts, Peter Bell, and we are on Catechism Saturday, Lord's Day number 41. And again, this is from Zacharias Ursinus on his Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 41. We will be covering question answers numbers 108 to 109 on the seventh commandment. And real quick, before we start this, Please make sure you listen to Monday's episode with Dr. Miles V. Van Pelt of Reformed Theological Seminary in Jackson as he talked about the Noahic covenants and the covenants of grace. And then Thursday's episode with Dr. Janine Brown of Bethel Seminary on her brand new book with Baker Academic Scripture as Communication, how we can understand the Bible as a oral source and how that helps us understand its message a little more clearly and how the Bible itself wants to be interpreted. So question answers 108 to 109. Question, what is God's will for us in the seventh commandments? Answer, that God condemns all in chastity and that we should therefore detest it wholeheartedly and live decent and chaste lives within or outside of the holy state of marriage. 109. Question. Does God in this commandments forbid only such scandalous sins as adultery? Answer. We are temples of the Holy Spirit, body and soul, and God wants both to keep clean and holy. That is why God forbids all unchaste actions, looks, talk, thought, or desires, and whatever may incite someone to them. And then here's Ursinus' exposition of 108 to 109. He says, there are three virtues which we may speak of under the seventh commandments, chastity, modesty, and temperance. And the first one, chastity, he says, in general, is a virtue contributing to the purity of body and soul agreeing with the will of God and shunning all lusts prohibited by God, all lawful intercourse and inordinate copulation, that's a fancy word, in connection with all the desires, causes, effects, suspicions, occasions, etc., which may lead thereto, whether in holy wedlock or in a single life. Then he says the causes, these are the reasons why we should be chess, and it's not what you would think they would be. He says the command of God, and he quotes 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 3 to 4, and says, this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. And with this use of sanctification, he's not saying that's how you grow in sanctification, This is a result of our increased sanctification. It will show itself in this. It is not the thing that gives us our sanctification, but the increase of our sanctification shows us these things and allows us to want these things. Then he says the preservation of the image of God. So when we commit adultery, when we think adultery, that is effacing, that is is taking away, that is not understanding to the fullest vitality what the image of God is. Then he says, a desire to avoid defacing or marring the image of God and the union between Christ and the church, 
of which Paul speaks in 1 Corinthians 6.15 when he quotes, flee from fornication. Do you not know that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid. Notice how he doesn't say, try to make your members of Christ or to work towards being members of Christ or the more that you're chaste, the more that you are a member of Christ. He's saying, do you not know that you are a member of Christ? Therefore, flee from fornication. Doesn't work the other way around. Then he ends with rewards and judgments. Modesty, the second one, is a virtue which abhors all uncleanness. Joined with shame, grief, and sadness, either on account of past impurity or on account of fear of future uncleanness, having also a desire and purpose to avoid all, not only uncleanness itself, but everything that might lead to it. And then temperance is a virtue observing such limits as becoming to nature, propriety, sound reason, and the order of persons, places and times, according to the law of nature, in things pertaining to the body. Then it says, since this commandment sanctions and authorizes marriage, it is proper we should here introduce some remarks in reference to it, that is marriage. Then his first question, what is marriage? It says marriage is a lawful and indissoluble, does not end union between one man and one woman, instituted by God for the propagation of the human race that we may know him to be chaste and to hate all lust and that we will gather, he will gather to himself out of the whole human race, thus lawfully propagated an everlasting church, which shall rightly know and worship him and that it may be a society of labors, toils, cares, and prayers between persons in a states of matrimony. Second question, why was marriage instituted? And it says that it might be the means of perpetuating and multiplying the human race in a lawful manner. Then he also says, interestingly, the gathering of the church. And that it might be an image or resemblance of the union between Christ and the church. That wanton and wandering lusts might in this way be avoided. That's the fourth one in his List So often evangelicalism, fundamentalism, all these isms are known for taking away lust, taking away the desire for pornography. But notice that Ursina starts with the church, not with this. It leads to these things, but he doesn't start with it. Then he ends that there might be a society of labor and prayer between those who are married. Third question, what marriages are lawful? He says, a union contracted between persons fit to be joined together. Those who consent to be together. Those who acquire the permission of parents. And only contracted between two persons. Fourth question, is marriage indifferent? You could be thinking, what does he mean by indifferent? And a scientist means it is neither commanded nor prohibited by God but left to the will and pleasure of those who possess the gift of continency, the desire to get married. He does not command marriage, nor does he permit it, but those who want to get married can. Fifth question, what are the duties of married persons? He says mutual love, 
conjugal fidelity of constant love, a community of good together with sympathy in each other's sorrows and misfortunes, the training and education of children, bearing one another's infirmities with the desire to remove them. And the husband is to nourish and cherish his wife, govern them and lead them, defend them. And the wife is to assist her husband providing and preserving what pertains to the family, to obey and reverence her husband. Sixth question, and last one. What things are contrary to the marriage? Fornication and adultery, which violates faith and chastity, as well as incest and abuse. Then he says, hasty and rash divorces. Not related to adultery, but from one person deserting or leaving the other. And the last one related to the fifth question, or related to the fourth question, is forbidding to marry. His very specific purpose when he says forbidding to marry, that is related directly to the Catholic Church in the practice of priests not being able to marry so they can devote themselves to God. And that's why he says, is marriage indifferent? And is not indifferent because it's neither commanded nor prohibited by God. It's a free union between one man and one woman. So thanks for listening to this week's episode of Catechism Saturday, Lord's Day number 41. We covered question answers 108 to 109 of the Heidelberg Catechism, which is on the seventh commandment. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Make sure you guys download and listen to Monday's episode, episode number six in our Promises and Fulfillment, where we talk about the Abrahamic Covenant, which is crucial to understanding a Presbyterian understanding of baptism, the covenant community, and why Abraham is so crucial for understanding the covenant of grace all throughout Scripture and how it develops the Adam covenants, that covenant of works and covenant of grace in Genesis 3.15, and then given again in Genesis 6 with Moses' righteousness. And then make sure you guys follow up on Thursday. We have Dr. Kyle Strobel on his book, Where Prayer Becomes Real. He uses the Psalms, the Reformed liturgies, the Reformed, uh, the Reformed prayers to influence and help guide our prayer life. So we will see you guys next week on the Guilt, Grace, Gratitude podcast. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed that episode of our podcast, Guilt, Grace, Gratitude. And we, as we've said before, we are bridging the gap to Reformed Christian theology for your listening pleasure. So we would like to make sure this is enjoyed by others around the world. And how to best do that is rate and review us on iTunes. Yeah, and you, after you rate and review or instead of rate and review or doing everything all at once, retweeting us on Twitter, liking us on Twitter, liking us on Instagram, following us on both of those platforms, because that actually puts in front of people's physical face, this podcast, these guests, and most importantly, the gospel, the doctrines uh, that these guests are, are bringing in front of you guys. So please do that. It helps get in front of more people. Amen. And hopefully you guys are part of a local church and you're tithing and, uh, after that, after tithing, if you have any means left over, please consider donating to us to make sure our bridge is well paved and maintained and strong and sturdy. 
as again we bridge the gap to reform christian <laughs> theology exactly the yeah and you guys can find that link on anchor our official anchor website if you just go on um, our social media links it'll it'll link you to that website it's also at the bottom of these this podcast show notes if you're on this podcast this specific episode scroll all the way to the bottom of that show notes and you guys will find a link for this or three different options of donating so we hope you guys can help us bridge the gap pay for shipping get nicer stuff all for the focus of spreading the gospel further Yep. All for the kingdom of God. Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you guys next time.